to the Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I give you information and facts and some of my personal opinions on what's going on in the world economy today. Occasionally I'll go off on a little sidetrack, but I can assure you those sidetracks have important economic impacts on what's happening and what's happening with your money. I want you to have the ability to make great financial decisions and informed financial decisions. That's the purpose of today's and every day's podcast. It is Saturday, the 5th of September, and this is the Economy Guy coming to you. Uh, I am not going to uh, do this tomorrow, Sunday, my typical day, because tomorrow I'm going to be on a train going from Aix-en-Provence to, uh, oh, goodness, Antibes, in France. It's about an hour and a half or two hour train ride. and it, I'm looking forward to that on the TGV. Uh, so uh, I will not be really available to make this tomorrow, so I'll do it now. I will indeed. Uh, first, I think it would be worth hitting uh, unemployment figures. It came out amazingly strong at uh, like 8.9% unemployment. But don't get too excited. Do not set off the fireworks. Do not open the champagne yet. Because, you see, that is the unemployment claims number, not the continuing unemployment number, which, uh, you know, those are people getting unemployment benefits, and there's a huge number of them, more of those than there are unemployment claims. And so that means if you work the numbers backwards, it's about uh, unemployment is around 20% in the United States. Uh and so, it, see, we, so we still have a big problem. What that means from the economic viewpoint is that we are not recovering super fast. This is not a V-shaped recovery. There's no way it can be a V-shaped recovery. It's going to be slow. It's going to take a year or two years to get back to normal, whatever normal is. But we have to get rid of the virus to really be normal. So don't get real excited about the unemployment figure. It is out there. It's a great number, and it is a uh, political football, so it's going to be played uh, politically, and that's fine. Uh, the politicians enjoy that. Uh, talk about gold for a second. Gold has been uh, bouncing all around. Uh, went up, uh, creating more recent highs in the high about 1980 range, uh, and then came soaring down and tested the 1920 range. That was the all-time high previously. And it hit it within a half a dollar and bounced off of it and came up. That tells me that uh, 1920 is a very strong support level. It ended the week around uh, 1935. Uh, so gold still looks great. I, I, I might continue to say the future of gold is up. It's a matter of when. I think it's going to be establishing a trading range first and then going up later. A reality has to hit. At the end of the last week, we also had the stock market crash for a couple of days, especially the techs, the technology stocks really got hit hard. And those poor people who were long on the options market got killed. They lost half or three quarters of their money on an options trade in one day. Uh, it's uh, huge, huge moves. Uh, very interesting to watch that happen, but it shows you the volatility of markets. It shows you the danger of the markets. So what I'm going to be talking about today with you is debt. I want to, I'm going to have a major discussion today about debt. What's going on 
especially in the United States. That's where all the data comes out of, so it's easier to analyze. But I think it's similar around the world. I'm going to be talking about debt. Who's buying debt? What debt are they buying? How's the lending going? You know, who are the major lenders? Uh, what are the problems? And what does it mean for the future uh, in the economy? What's happening? What, what does the future hold? And how does debt or lending actually play into that? So uh, we're going to have a little discussion about that. Hopefully it'll be pretty interesting. Hang on here, and as I get prepared and read my notes a little bit, and I'll be right back. So let's start talking about debt right now. And let's start at a very high level. What is debt? There's such a thing as good debt and bad debt, and I think it's worth understanding that difference. I think the fundamental difference is not understood well by the general public. So what's the difference between good debt and bad debt? Well, when you borrow money, if you take that money and invest it, and that investment pays back a return, and it pays the interest plus some on the loan that you got, that's good debt. That's a good use of money. For example, if you buy a rental property, you buy get a mortgage, that's borrowing money, and you rent it out, and your rent pays for the mortgage payment and plus some more. That's good debt. That's a productive use of debt. So how does that compare to bad debt? Bad debt is you go on vacation. Uh, you run up your credit card bills. You get home after your vacation. You're feeling nice and relaxed, but you have a big bill and you're going to pay a lot of interest on it. That debt is not producing anything but money for the credit card company. So that's bad debt. So understanding the difference is critical for the economy of any nation to be pulled out of a recession or depression, wherever we are now, you must have the use of good debt now and in the future. It's got to be good debt, not bad debt. It's got to be productive debt. So what's really happening? Um, I talk about three areas of people who are loan borrowing money. Borrowing. Big corporations are borrowing money. Small businesses are borrowing money, and governments are borrowing money. Those three categories, they're all borrowing money. So let's, let's hit them in order and try to understand them one at a time. Let's start with big corporations. Uh, big companies, great big companies, are selling bonds right now. They do not need the money. In general, they don't have a, a good productive use for the money. They're just selling it because interest rates are so cheap, are so low, that they have to pay very small amount of interest, and then they have all this big bundle of money that they can put in the bank or buy other companies with or whatever they want to do with it. They become very rich because they have borrowed this money through the issuance of corporate bonds. Now, interesting, well, who's going to buy those bonds? Well, the answer is there are a huge number of funds out there that are buying bonds why are they doing that? I mean, aren't they worried about the risk of bonds? I mean, you know how a bond works. The uh, value goes down when interest rates go up, or the value goes up when interest rates go down. Well, interest rates are so low, they can't go down too much more. Uh, they could, but it doesn't look like it. I don't think it's the Fed's goal. I think the Fed's goal is to keep interest rates level right now. So, But in a crisis, if interest rates were 
pushed up, the value of those bonds that people are buying would go down. So that's a risk, big risk. But they're not doing that because, and the big because, is because the Fed itself is buying big corporate bonds. That's a basically saying, hey, there's a government guarantee. It's not the same as a guarantee, but it's like having a government guarantee that if you buy these the, those same bonds, you'll be safe because the government's not going to screw themselves over by raising interest rates. So that's, that's the thinking. It's a low-risk bet. And when you borrow or lend, actually lend money, risk is what's the name of the game. That's what it's all about. You see, I think banks are seeing more risk in the marketplace right now. Now, why am I saying that? Well, because you can see very much so that they're increasing their loan loss provisions. That's the amount of money that they are predicting they might lose in bad loans in the future. So they're making that provision much bigger. And it's probably not big enough right now. Because uh, if you look at the history of when companies go bankrupt, that's when they default on their loans. It's, oh gosh, it's a, a long time. It could be uh, two, three years after the beginning of a recession. The recession occurred in the uh, first quarter of this year. So we're talking about next middle of next year, maybe 2022. That's when the peak of the bankruptcies will happen. So banks don't think that far ahead, but they're looking at loan loss provisions, which is good. And they're reducing credit limits on everybody. Uh, if you have a credit card, you may have found out that your uh, credit limit, the amount you can borrow on that card, has been reduced. Uh, even if you're not using it, if you pay off your bill every time, you have a 800 uh, FICO score, it doesn't matter how good your credit is. The credit limit on your card is a liability to the bank who's lending it. And so they have to make an, a greater reserve because of that limit. By reducing the limit, they, they can reduce their reserves. That's their thinking. That's happening. That's happening today in today's world. Now, the Federal Reserve, they do a survey of senior loan officers in the United States. It's called the Fed's Senior Loan Officer Survey. That's a surprising good name. And uh, guess what that survey has shown? That banks across the the United States, in this case, are tightening their loan standards. And they're tightening them just about to the same point where they tight, that they tightened them to in the last great crisis. That's the 2008 and 9 home price implosion. That's when the homes, housing industry exploded on the downside. Imploded, a better word. Uh, they tightened. The banks tightened. It made it really hard to borrow money at that time. Well, the, today banks have in place the same tightening rules as there may be different rules, but the amount of tightening is the same, making it hard to borrow. At the same time, people don't want to borrow. The demand is down. Who wants to borrow money? There's no need to borrow money in today's economy. Today, today. You know, not a year from now, but today. Coming out of this crazy recession, nobody wants to borrow. So it creates a little conundrum, which is kind of interesting, which is if demand is down, you would think supply would go up in order to compensate, uh, to encourage. And in this, in the case of banking, that means to have low, make it easier to borrow money. But they're doing just the opposite. They're making it harder to borrow money. So uh, 
all the UMBAs out there, uh, that idea of marketing isn't working in the banks right now. So what are small businesses doing regarding borrowing money? Well, they go to a bank and they borrow money. And typically the bank, they go to an SBA bank. That's a small business administration bank. That's a bank that does small business administration loans. So what is one of those loans? I mean, it sounds interesting, right? What is that loan? Well, the SBA, the Small Business Administration, which is a government agency, guarantees the, uh, someplace between 50% and 85% of that loan. In case of default, the government will back it. So that reduces that much risk of the loan to the bank that's doing the borrowing. So that really lowers the risk to the bank. That's pretty good for the bank, right? In spite of that, the SBA banks are not lending right now. Uh, you say, what? Huh? What? Why? Where? Who? How? Uh, well, you see, the SBA banks are going back to the Small Business Administration and saying, hey, you know that amount that you guarantee? We'd like you to increase it to 90%, even 100%. Just one should fully guarantee it. See, so you see, the uh, banks don't want to take any risk or truly minimal risk. That's where they're coming from. Now, do we have a measure of uh, how much, when I say SBA lending is stopped, because small businesses is the heart of the U.S. economy. Small businesses are the things that create employment, big employment. Most people are work for small businesses, not the big corporations. So encouraging small businesses to borrow money and them using it in a, as a good loan and creating jobs, creating profit, creating a, their own business, growing their own business, is a good thing for the U.S. I mean, that would create the, a boom in the U.S. GDP. But the lending has basically stopped. And I have one, uh, one measure of uh, a group of banks, it's, so it's not all lending, but a group of banks, that in their measure is that since April of this year, 99% of the loans have stopped. Only 1% of, of loans equivalent to last year have gone through. 99%, that's effectively all lending to small businesses have stopped. And why? Uh, you know, and, and how big are the loans? I mean, the, the loans we're talking about are $5 million to $10 million, uh, no more than $5 million. That the, the, An SBA loan can't be more than $5 million, but the CARES Act increased it to $10 million. Well, that, in, that didn't mean anything because nobody's lending money, so who cares? CARES Act did not affect anything. The... Uh, what are the banks doing? I mean, I mean they're, they're, they don't want to have any risk. And what they're saying is to companies that are surviving through this pandemic, they're saying, well, I don't know if you're going to make it when we recover. I mean, you may only be growing because of the pandemic. When the recover pandemic's gone, you may be gone. Your bone could be bad. And they're saying to the people who are really hurting that need their money, we don't know if you're going to make it when the pandemic's done because you may run out of money before it's done. So in both cases, a good company and a bad company is not lending because it, it is just, it's all about risk. That's kind of interesting when it comes to small businesses. And that's, the result there is without lending in that particular sector, we're not going to have a fast recovery or as fast as possible. So one thing to, for you, the listener, to listen and watch for 
is lending to small businesses, is there something that could happen in the future that you will hear in the news that is freeing up money? If, if so, that will be good for the economy. If not, it's going to be a slow growth. And now for the last area who are borrowing money, that's the government or the U.S. Treasury in the case of the United States. People who are lending money are throwing money at the U.S. Treasury. That's big bucks. The big, the big bucks are going to the U.S. Treasury. That's where the money's ending up. And how big is big? Well, this calendar year for 2020, the uh, big bucks, uh, it looks like the U.S. Treasury is going to borrow about $5.4 trillion. That's, uh, I mean, that's so big, it's unimaginable how big. In the good old days when we were borrowing too much, it was $1 trillion a year. This year it's going to be $5.4 trillion. That puts it into perspective. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And that doesn't count if there's a new stimulus package passed by Congress this year, which I doubt will happen. My personal opinion is that uh, Congress is at loggerheads. The two parties aren't, aren't about to agree on anything since we're so close to an election. So I don't think a new stimul stimulus package would happen. But if it did, it would be even more borrowing. That's it's as simple as that. We don't have the money other, otherwise. The only way to get it is to borrow it. So the U.S. government is the perfect example of bad borrowing. Uh, they borrow money. It is not productive. It does not pay back anything. They're not building roads and bridges that, that can pay back the money or, or contribute to productivity or all those good things that you can do with money. No. So what happens with all of the debt, which incidentally is going to be 100% of GDP this year? That's supposed to be a magic number. It shouldn't happen. It should cause you know, uh, comets to fall out of the sky or something. But um, that's what's happening to the U.S. economy this year. It's a massive debt. Well, what happens every year as they bring in taxes? Where does the money go? Well, part of that money goes to paying the interest on the debt. And the bigger the debt, the bigger the interest. Now, that interest is not productive. It just goes to pay back the people who lent the money. And, but it, so it's not going to building roads or building factories or buying things that are important to buy. It's not helping the economy one little bit. So I say to you, ignore that. Uh, it's, it's not good. Uh, U.S. Treasury, even though it is, that's where the money is being thrown, uh, it's, it's not a good debt. So there is a, my positive message for the day. I hope you liked it. That's where we stand. Corporate debt is they're in good shape. They have too much money. They don't know what they're going to do with it. Uh, they'll probably do something foolish with it. They have in the past. Uh, small businesses can't get a loan, so we can't grow because of that. The Treasury has more money than they can use. Anytime they want money, they just say, please give me, and people give me it. So that's happening. Um, that's, that's the world of debt in the United States today today. That'll change, of course, but uh, be aware that uh, all of those are not good things for our future and are not rosy rosy. I'm sorry to say that. I do want some a lot more rosies. So uh, be talking to you next week, guys. Hang in there. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. This is Tom Harvey. 
and I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by listeners.